In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Then, then again, maybe it's uh, it's not. So, uh, 
I don't know what to tell you. I mean, uh, maybe she just doesn't like you. I mean, that's the thing. I could uh, be. Uh, you have your own paranormal group, which is the Greenville Paranormal Research Society. No, just Greenville Paranormal Research. Oh. Okay. Uh, nope. <laughs> no, no, no society. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of a, uh, I'm kind of a uh, freelance uh, uh, organization. Uh, I, no, um, a, a society of one, then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. But I'm, uh, I'm lucky to be able to work with, um, I think, some of the, the best uh, paranormal researchers in New England, including, yeah. uh, including Ron Kolick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tom D'Agostino. Yeah, um, Tom D'Agostino, of course, the guys at Spooky South Coast. Yep, Matt Coins um, and uh, the rest of the crew. Yeah, yeah, and uh, as a matter of fact, I just got an invitation from um, a group out in New Bedford to do an investigation in March. Uh, I believe Mike Markowitz is also going to be there. So, uh, oh, Mike, yeah. and uh, we both, yeah, I know Mike as well. He's an uh, awesome EVP guy. Oh, yeah, Mike, Mike the EVP guy, that's for sure. No, he's, uh, he's got an amazing setup, and uh, he does have a knack of uh, catching voices that we don't hear. Uh, you know, i got to go back to that EVP stuff again. Mike is really, really good. And I'm, I'm, let me, that being said, I mean, I think he does phenomenal work, and he's probably the best organized and uh, most well-equipped EVP guy I know. But, I mean, there are some of those EVPs, I just don't get it. I'm sorry, I, you know. It's it's like uh, I guess it's almost like orbs in a way that you know orbs mean so much to cer certain people and they mean nothing to others. I mean it, it, I guess that's kind of the way. I mean don't get me wrong, he gets great EVPs, but some of them, uh, you know, there are different classes of EVPs. Some of them I just like I said, I just don't get it. Oh yeah, well you were talking you're talking class C. I mean for anybody who's listening who doesn't know, they're categorized in uh, A, B, and C. Uh, A is when um, anybody who hears it. Has, there's no doubt. You can hear it, and you can hear exactly what was said. Class B, uh, you can definitely hear it, but it's debatable exactly what was said. Um, I uh, had a friend uh, once say that one man's EVP is another, another man's elephant pee. Uh, and that kind of that sums up a class B. I mean, everybody can hear it, but one person hears snow, and the other person hears the word slow, it's debatable. And then you have, you know, the class C, which is, yeah, I heard something, but <laughs> I have no idea what, what it is. is. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so but, those, I, I have a tendency to just walk away from those. Like you said, uh, uh, every once in a great while, you'll see a photograph of an orb that'll make you go, wow, that thing has color, it has a nucleus, it has an aura. Right. Uh, that, that could very well be some form of energy uh, being caught. Uh, but then, in, in, but most of the time, 99% of the time, we're looking at pictures of uh, dust and moisture that's being captured by a, a very good uh, digital camera. Right, right. Uh, I had to, uh, I actually had to uh, host a movie night at the Circles of Wisdom, and the movie was Orbs Lifting the Veil. And, you know, it was interesting. Uh, they, they gave me some points, to, but, you know, I, I couldn't, you know, I just, couldn't take everything they said. It just just wasn't, you know. Yeah, well, for me, I I I keep a uh, an open mind with orbs because I can honestly say that on a few occasions while doing vigil in areas that have a reputation for being haunted, with my own naked eyes, I have seen. Oh, did you say flashes. naked? <laughs> 
flashes of yeah, my naked eye. I like that word naked, huh? Naked, uh, <laughs> yeah, naked. I have seen. Well, I mean, not using any kind of night vision scope. Or I know. I have seen seen flashes of light that I couldn't explain. And when I've gone back to um, my video cameras, I've been able to find that point of light. And when cutting that frame out of the the, the video, um, uh, you know, as a single frame and and blowing it up, there's no other explanation. It's it's you know. Uh, it's some kind of spark of energy. Whether it's paranormal or not, we don't know, but I find it um, interesting that when I have seen these things with my own eyes and have caught them uh, with my, uh, my video equipment, uh, it, it's always, you know, if you're in a haunted location, so you have to say, hmm, is this something that goes on in a haunted location? Is it part of the paranormal uh, activity? Is it um, some sort of... Um, you know, something that goes hand-in-hand hand with, uh, you know, a paranormal location. Uh, is it spirit energy? I don't know. But I'm not completely closed off to, to, to orbs and, uh, you know, in investigations. Don't jump up, and, you know, and run around when someone gets one, you know, in a picture. But I, I don't completely, totally discount it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've run into, uh, first of all, there, there are different type of orbs. The orbs you can see with the naked eye, I think, are totally different than the orbs uh, you get on film. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, seriously, I, I've seen a lot of orbs on, with the naked eye, yet uh, I haven't been able to catch them on film, and vice versa. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to say with that, but I'm just yeah. telling but you my experience. Yeah, I've chased orbs before, which is interesting. Yeah, I mean, I've I've seen uh, you know what the uh, the uh, the Irish uh, would refer to as will o' the wisp. I've actually seen that in haunted locations. In other words, instead of just being a quick, instantaneous flash of energy, I have watched uh, a ball of of light move about a haunted location. And right. There's nobody. There's nobody causing it. And the weird thing is, I've had some people say, "Well, if you show me a picture of an orb, if it's energy, I'll I can't see it casting light around it, you know, on, on the wall or onto the ground, or how come it's not reflecting in the window behind it? I, don't know. It's so weird. I have seen the weirdest thing about it is, is in a pitch black wooded area, these things weren't casting any light beyond themselves, but yet were rather intense onto themselves. I don't know how to explain that. No, I mean, that's the other thing is, is when you get orbs that uh, are behind objects. Hmm. It's another, another uh, phenomenon, I think. Yeah, it's kind of like it's peering out from behind something, yeah. Right. And, and that it, so, therefore, if it was dust particle or something, that you wouldn't have that effect. I mean, you would see the orb and not the object. Right. But is, you know, but is the orb, like, if, if you were to use for an example, like, you see a skier go down a hill, uh, and there's snow coming up behind him in, in a wake, are the orbs basically a disturbance? in the air, and it's not really the, the, uh, the ghost itself. It's just something, uh, uh, a residue left behind by the ghost. You know, you're not actually looking at the ghost or spirit energy, but some sort of residual wake, you know, behind the haunting. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, this is something that could be debated, you know, forever, and I don't think we'd ever come to any kind of hard conclusion. Well, I mean, that's what we do. I mean, we, we are in the unknown, so it's, it's our job to debate this stuff. You know, mm, it's yeah. not our job to say this is what it is unless we have absolutely 100% proof, and I really don't have any 
100% proof on anything in the paranormal, tell you the truth, and no. I have never seen any 100% proof of the paranormal. No, I, 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 I remind people that we're never, ever going to be able to prove the paranormal, and that's not why you should be in the field. If you think you're going to be the one that's going to get the definitive video or picture or recording uh, of a ghost, um, you're, you're going to be very disappointed. You're going to spend many, many years uh, uh, and, and end up uh, disappointed. Um, myself, I know that ghosts and hauntings, I know that this phenomenon is real. I have no doubt about it from my own personal experiences. Um, I know that I'm never going to get something I can show the world and everybody will go, wow, damn, huh. gee, I guess they are real. Well, they're, they're, that ends that debate. That's never going to happen. So I just do my best to research these stories, uh, investigate them, and, uh, and, of course, you know, when I'm investigating them, you know, by, by staking the, the site out, uh, yeah, I would love to get a, a really good Class A EVP or something on still uh, photography or video. But no matter how spectacular, spectacular it is, I know that uh, there are people in, in the general public that aren't going to, you know, give, uh, you know, two figs for it. And I know there are people that I respect in the paranormal community that are probably going to look at it and go, well, I don't know, Andrew, that's kind of debatable. So uh, in no means, you know, as I'm doing this, have I ever set out to prove, you know, ghosts and hauntings are a real phenomena. Right. I mean, when I first started the New England Ghost Project, uh, you know, I, I said, well, you know, I'm going to go find proof of paranormal. Then I sort of realized, first of all, that, that probably is the most difficult thing in the world to do. And the second of all, it, it, even if you found proof in a skeptic's already, he would ignore it anyways. I mean, if a ghost came up and slapped a, a skeptic across the face, uh, he would still ignore it. So now I, it, it's just that we share our experiences and you let you make up your own mind. Yeah, right. Well, when it comes to skeptics, um, I was asked by uh, a reporter uh, last October, uh, he said, you know, so how do you feel about skeptics? And I, I told him that um, the skeptics are fun uh, with me because... I have found that some of the best witnesses to a paranormal uh, situation have been a skeptic. Um, whether right. you're talking about cryptids or flying saucers or ghosts, um, I uh, am dealing with a, a case, ongoing case in Situate, Rhode Island, uh, where the woman never, ever gave any thought about ghosts and hauntings, but the house she bought a little over a year ago, the activity in it made her realize that Oh, oh, my God, you know, ghosts and hauntings are real, but yet her brothers and her sisters and her nephews and her nieces were literally talking down to her like, like she, you know, was a fool. Well, what's happened? Every one of those hardcore skeptics have had experiences in, in her home, have basically apologized to her, and now believe that there is, you know, something to it. There is something more than meets the eye. And I, right. that, to me, that, is, that, to me, is better than catching anything on a video that I can, you know, put up on my website. To me, that is like, uh, that makes me go, yeah, see, I'm not nuts, this lady's not nuts, and you have, your mind's been opened up. That's more rewarding to me than, than catching that, that really great, you know, so-called piece of evidence. Right. I mean, I mean, the thing is that, you know, it, I believe everybody should be skeptical when they, paranormal, when they investigate. Oh, yeah. uh, we, we should have that skeptability. I mean, there are, there are people that don't. They go out there and everything they see. They think, oh, cool. Um, but anyways, we're being joined right now by uh, uh, a, another co-host, believe it or not. Um, she is the, oh, for God's sake, it's Roxy Zwicker. 
Roxy, you there? I'm here. Uh, Roxy, uh, Andrew Lake, and and Roxy is actually the curator for New England Curiosities, which is what, Roxy? Um, we do tours based on local legends, lore, and mystery. We've been uh, around since 2001, based out of Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and um, in October of last year, my fourth book came out, which was The Haunted Cemeteries of New England. So I've been into this for a really long time. I started doing tours in 1993, and I love a good ghost story. So anyway, we were just talking, uh, Andrew and I, about, uh, you know, skeptics and, and pictures and stuff that, that uh, if things show up, some people don't believe it. So you have ghost tours. So this, this I think, is kind of neat. Because now you have uh, just like ordinary people, not paranormal investigators, and I assume that they do get some, uh, at least if not experiences, uh, at least photographs and stuff that, that you have seen, Roxy. So, I mean, what what is your take on this? Well, definitely I get a lot of pictures um, on a fairly regular basis from a, a lot of our guests that come on the tours. And, you know, sometimes... When you first hear from them and they, you know, attach their pictures in their email, they're all very excited and they want to know what they got. And, you know, knowing the area, you know, like I do, and knowing where the light posts are and where the reflections are, sometimes I, I hate to dash their hopes. However, on the other hand, um, I have gotten quite a number of pictures that really leave uh, a lot of questions out there. Um, and they're not always orbs. They're more of, you know, the, the shapes and the light formations uh, that look like it possibly could be a face. Probably the place that we get the, the most activity is at the cemetery in Portsmouth, where typically if somebody has something other than an orb, they're picking up a lot of faces. And that's kind of what I look for to say, okay, you've really got something. So, so Andrew, is, is that what kind of what you were saying, Andrew, about orbs and, and uh, about, you know, being different than just like dust particles and stuff? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, there there are some orbs that be uh, can be quite interesting. But well, Roxy's saying, you know, yeah, that that's a whole other thing. When you're talking about swirls of ectoplasm or what looks to be a uh, an apparition trying to form, uh, you know, uh, in, a, in a photograph, yeah, those 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 can be very interesting and a, and a little hard to uh, dispel, especially if it isn't you know cold weather and it wasn't someone's breath blowing by the lens or or something like that. If you knew what the the humidity was that night and what the temperature was and so on and so forth, and you get some kind of misty swirl out, uh, you know, amongst, uh, you know, a cemetery or, or known haunted location. Yeah, that's something that, that's going to make you stop and go, ooh, what's that? Or even sometimes the color, you know. Yeah. Colors and, and, you know, shapes of colors and things like that are, are also stuff that says, okay, there's definitely something here. Is it a reflection? If you can kind of dispel a thought that it's a reflection, then, okay, then it definitely is worth a closer look. Yeah, some modern, uh, uh, well, not totally modern, but uh, uh, 20th century uh, gravestones can be highly polished. And with different um, uh, types of uh, stone, uh, you, can, you can get a reflection from some cameras off of a, a, a gravestone. You can't see it in the picture, but you can mm -hmm. see the reflection. You can get some rather wild-colored streaks and stuff coming off of these highly, po highly polished stones. But um, uh, for the most part, they're pretty obvious. Right, right. Now, now Roxy, you, 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 of course, I know that you believe that, that uh, graveyards are haunted. Uh, what about you, Andrew? Are you oh, sure, sure. Yeah. I, I kind of shake my head when I hear other investigators make jokes like, nah, graveyards are dead. There's nothing in them. And I, 
I mean, if you think about it, if, if, if ghosts haunt uh, people, places, and things that are connected to them, in, you know, in their, in their life, I mean, when you bury a body, and there's nothing more personal than a body, and a lot of times bodies are buried with, uh, you know, necklaces and rings that are very important, you know, all kinds of personal items. And if you're talking about a confused spirit, um, I can't think of anything more confusing than hovering about one's own grave trying to figure out, you know, what this is all about. So uh, I feel there's many scenarios that could explain why a spirit would haunt um, you know, their own grave uh, in a cemetery. I, I, I just don't see any hardcore logic that says, no, that's silly. Why would you, you know, you haunt uh, a cemetery full of, you know, dead bodies? I, I believe um, it would be a place because of the deep personal connection. I mean, it's your remains, it's your personal items, your favorite suit, your favorite shoes, what have you, um, there in the ground. So, I mean, if you're going to Haunt something because you're attached to it. I think a corpse with personal items buried with it, you know, is something you would haunt. Well, I think to even, you know, go one step further, going along with your train of thought there is also in the cemeteries, you have, in some cases, their loved ones that are buried with them. In some other cases, you know, where people are married or they're in a family and their families are not buried with them. And I find mm-hmm. that to be the case a lot. And in some instances, you know, the, the story is is that they're looking for these other people that were a part of their lives, and they're not finding them in that particular cemetery. So, mm-hmm. you know, going along with your same train of thought, I totally agree. Yeah, no, no, that 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 does make a lot of sense. I mean, you um, you talk about um, Nellie Vaughn in Rhode Island, the uh, the woman who was uh, incorrectly uh, labeled one of the New England vampires. She wasn't. Uh, she died of pneumonia and was uh, moved from the family. Uh, plot, not because of vampires. Yeah, but, but, yeah, but Andrew, w- were there ever any New England vampires? Well, 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 hold on that. I just want to finish this train of thought one sec. Yeah. She, uh, she's moved to this, this graveyard, and then in the early, uh, late 70s, a bunch of kids thought they found the Rhode Island vampire, uh, Mercy Brown, not knowing the name properly. Uh, and they desecrated her grave. Well, the woman was never one of the so-called New England vampires, but since her stone has been uh, stolen. They tried to dig up her grave. There's been all kinds of uh, ridiculous black magic going on in, in that little cemetery. There have been some very convincing reports of her haunting her grave. And I feel that the reason why she's haunting it is because of the horrible, ignorant desecration of her grave. I mean, one of the witnesses I just talked to less than a year ago is a professional firefighter who uh, uh, absolutely sober with his uh, uh, cousins back in the early 80s saw her glowing and hovering about her grave, uh, and it absolutely terrified him. He said he would never go back, I and mean, he was a total skeptic until he saw her apparition hovering about uh, the back corner of that cemetery. But again, she probably would have been resting in peace and didn't have any problem off behind the veil doing whatever she was doing. But then if she was able to learn of what was going on to her her uh, her gravesite, I, I have no no doubt that she'd come back rather angry and, and want to chase people off of it. Yeah, but I don't think that's always the case. I mean, for instance, Roxy, I, I think you've written about a cemetery with no bodies in it. Yeah, absolutely. And is it haunted? Uh, you know, it, it is haunted. <laughs> so wh- why don't you go into a little bit about that? Well, you know, you know I, I think in, in some cases, you know, trying to, for these spirits to try and find a place 
and you know in 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 a gathering place where there are people it's you know it it's one of those things where having them kind of collect and be there and having these people you know if if you go and visit which I do these places you know there's going to be something around wondering why you're there so you know with all the old burial grounds that we have you know that are unmarked that are out there and and with people that have been moved it really does create create this you know that this awful space of displacement here in Portsmouth we have you know a couple of cemeteries that were moved you know across town and the cemeteries that these people were reinterred in are some of the most haunted places in town you have to wonder, you know, are these people placed with the right headstones? Are they placed in their original configuration? You know, has has everything been moved is, you know, always another question, too. And, you know, there really is something that should be said about, you know, people being left where they lay. And, mm-hmm. you know, to to move them for progress, you know, some of the buildings that are placed over these old burial grounds are, are haunted as well. So you've got a lot of activity that gets kicked up once you start disinterring these people. And, you know, there was a time frame largely during the 1800s and during the 1900s, especially here on the seacoast, where it was extremely commonplace. You know, now it's, it's not happening as much, but it does happen um, on Route 11 in Rochester. They just found a cemetery while they were doing highway work, and they're going to disinter everybody and move them. And, you know, I can only wonder what's going to kick up in that place afterwards. And as soon as they're done and they make the space open to the public, I'm going to go over there and check it out. Oh, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Um, I, there's a, um, uh, a, a cemetery that was moved during World War II here in Rhode Island, and uh, they did their best to move um, these very old uh, colonial graves in, in, in some cases and uh, moved them to a, a very nice, pleasant uh, Marden Cemetery, not too many miles down the road. But the stories about uh, seeing shadowy figures moving about this, this mass memorial stone depicting the, you know, the movement and, and why they were moved. I mean, people who work there, visit there, neighbors who live nearby have seen all kinds of activity around this memorial stone uh, depicting the, uh, the movement of these uh, graves. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I wonder what's going on back at the uh, the remains of the military base from World War II. Oh, sure. And and when when you think about, you know, military ghosts, those are some of the most haunted places there are. I mean, the, the Portsmouth Naval Shipyard here up on the seacoast, you know, with the, the old prison and the cemeteries that are out there on the island, there's a lot of ghost stories out there, an awful lot. Yeah, we talk about uh, military ghosts. Uh, last Thursday night, um, I uh, went... Uh, to a uh, uh, location I can't really uh, uh, disclose in, in Rhode Island in South County. The gentleman uh, is an aircraft expert, and since the 1960s, he's collected wrecks from World War II uh, to about the early 1970s, many of them military wrecks. And uh, while digging some of these wrecks up, he found bones and teeth and what have you still left behind in the, in the crash scenes. And his, um, his wife, a girlfriend he'd been with for many years. He just married her, and she moved in. And she was reporting seeing phantom lights, orbs, if you will, dancing about the wrecks. Well, I was invited there, uh, and I brought my uh, the psychic I work with. I told her absolutely nothing about where we were going or what we were doing. And uh, she, like the guy's uh, wife, picked up on five servicemen who were haunting the wrecks of these military craft. And uh, we did catch um, uh, a... a Class B EVP, as well as the sound of a child weeping. And we found that one of the wrecks was a civilian wreck, 
where the entire family, including a five-year-old, were killed in. So talk about, you know, graveyards. I mean, they're not always graves with stones. Sometimes they're, you know, the, the crumpled wrecks of vehicles or planes that you know, people were really well connected to. Andrew, Andrew, who is the psychic? Excuse me? Who's the psychic? Oh, the psychic I work with? Um, I can give her only her first name out. Her name is Pam. She she is a a white-collar professional, a mother of five, and doesn't earn a dime doing what she does. Uh, A friend of of mine who's a police officer introduced me to her. Kind uh, kind of uh, shy about what she does? Is that that the thing? uh, Well, you know... She's, she's not looking for any kind of publicity, put it that way, but she does okay. not shy to help people. She's been known to walk up to strangers in a public place and start, you know, telling them things that are going on and, and you know, and offers her help. And she's made some great friends that way. I mean, people have, you know, she's met, um, including my friend who's a police officer, she met that way. And uh, she's so accurate and so to the point that um, uh, you, you just can't discount what she's doing. And, uh She's quite amazing, and I consider myself very lucky to be able to work with her. Her accuracy has been absolutely jaw-dropping. She's made, she's made uh, a friend of mine, another friend who's a retired detective sergeant, uh, an absolute believer, and the gentleman who owned all these military wrecks never, ever considered anything paranormal or supernatural or whatever. And I, this guy was just absolutely turning pale with the information she was coming up with, with, uh, with these wrecks. So, um Absolutely fascinating. I believe uh, the late Hans Holzer was correct. If you're a ghost hunter and you don't work with a psychic, you're just some guy walking around with an EMF meter. You know. <laughs> you know. You know what's really funny? You, you, uh, we have a new book that's coming out uh, this year. Uh, basically, it's ghost stories from all over the world. And I've been doing a, an awful lot of research on different countries and stuff and so forth, and find some interesting graveyard stories. But anyways, there was one particular case we were working on, and uh, Hans Holzer and I guess Civil League went in a, a, to do it, and they came up with some stuff. And then the people at the house said they what they said were was absolutely false. And, really? Uh, yeah. And then, excuse me. Then they. Uh, oh, we have to take a break. Or not. But anyways, yeah, I, I was quite surprised. But uh, we'll talk about it a little bit later. We are you are listening to Ghost Chronicles Live on Tokenet Pararex Ghost Channel Beyond. Uh, we'll be right back after the following messages. Christian work-at-home moms, here is your own show on Toginet. It's CWAM, Christian work-at-home moms, with Jill Hart and Diana Ennen, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Central on Toginet. Um, I'd love to share with you just a little bit about how CWAM can help you, whether you are new to the work-at-home world and just starting out your search, or whether you've been working at home for a while and are looking to grow your business. Jill Hart is the founder of Christian work-at-home moms, CWAM.com, and co-author of So You Want to Be a Work-at-Home Mom. Jill has worked from home from 2000 and started her home-based business to assist other Christians who desire to work from home while maintaining a godly life. And Diana Ennett with virtualwordpublishing.com. I really, truly want to see you succeed, want to share the joy that I have in being home with my kids and being able to build my own business. And she's ready to help you now. Christian Work at Home Moms with Jill Hart and Diana Ennett. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Central on Toginet. Okay, we will. We're going to teach you how to tell your money where to go. 
It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten. Starting November 4th, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Central on Toginet. Learn how to be a savvy investor from someone who has your best interest at heart. Pam Otten is a financial advisor who loves to help successful business owners and entrepreneurs understand the mysteries of the investment world. And she's not afraid to share that knowledge. Pam is an unashamed Christian and qualified kingdom advisor, which means she's trained and committed to integrating biblical principles into her financial advice. Pam believes investing isn't rocket science. This is the financial advisor who's in your corner and truly understands and cares about you and helping you achieve your goals. Securities and advisory services are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten, starting November 4th, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Central on Toginet. We are back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles Live on Toginet, Rx, Ghost Channel, and beyond. I am Ron Kolick, and with me is Roxy Zwicker from New England Curiosities, and also Andrew Lake from, oh boy, I can't say society, uh, Greenville Paranormal Research. That is correct, sir. And if anybody wants to join in, by the way, or, or have a, uh, ask a question, they can uh, call in at 877-864-4869, 877-864-4869, or join us live in the TojiNet chat room or the Pararex chat room. And, yeah, I was kind of amazed that, the, you know, uh, they did say that, but... Uh, I imagine that, uh, you know, I mean, you can't be right 100% of the time, so. No. If, uh, something, something my friend Pam has told people, she'll, she'll like, look at him and go, you know, who's, who's the, uh, you know, the Bernie in your life? Who's the Mildred in your life? And people look at her like, oh, I have no idea what you're talking about. And then a couple of weeks later, they will go by and they'll be like, oh, it, it didn't occur to me when your friend Pam said that. But then, you know, I realized that was my aunt, you know. So, you know, sometimes, you know, uh, psychics can pick up something that's absolutely accurate, but, the person they're giving the information to is completely ignorant to it. Right. I'm, I'm actually thinking of starting a, uh, a psychic financial network uh, where we <laughs> uh, uh, bring together psychics to give out uh, advice. I think this would be a good idea, you know, I mean, especially in today's uh, volatile market. Well, my friend Pam would tell you that it just doesn't work that way. Hmm. It just doesn't work that way. Well, She's so the- I, I don't think it just doesn't work that way. I just think they're not think about doing it the right way. I mean, they're thinking, okay, it doesn't come to me because I'm not doing a special case. So what you have to do is concentrate on whatever company you want to look at and see what you pick up. Do you see something in that company's future? And then you work from there versus just going out and, like, trying to pick the lottery ticket or something like that. Well, with her, it's, it's, uh, it's mostly the people who are uh, still with the person she's engaged with or – She's, uh, she's also able to do uh, psychometry where she can hold objects that are very personal and important to uh, uh, the person who has passed. Right. Uh, but as far as predicting the future or anything like that, she's had a few uh, dreams that have uh, you know, hit her in the middle of the night. Oh, I've had dreams called, too, trust me. Yeah, she's called people the next day uh, you know, to, to tell them, and you know, it's either already happened that night while she was asleep, dreaming that, or it's happened within, you know, 48 hours. So, but mostly what she's able to pick up uh, is, is things connected to the place, person, or thing. And, and, and her accuracy has been jaw-dropping. Full names, uh, the way they died, so on and so forth. Not, not sketchy things that can be interpreted 20 different ways. We're talking about no doubt about it. 
Well, I want to ask, actually, I mean, a lot of people uh, want to know, and they say, you know, because you, you've been working in the paranormal for a while. And, Roxy, uh, how long have you been doing your tours and, and, and so forth? Um, well, I've been doing the tours on the seacoast since '01, and I started in '93. Okay, so they're they're always going to ask you, you know, what is the most harrowing experience that you've had uh, in your paranormal investigating? So I'm going to ask you that, Roxy, and then I'll I'll reach you, uh, Andrew. We'll talk about that as well. My most harrowing experience. Harrowing. Um, I mean, sure, you had a harrowing experience. I mean, you you're a paranormal person. You've got to have harrowing. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, a, a couple places that I, I, you know, had some some really amazing experiences, and you know, you, you go into it and you know the place is haunted, but you know, sometimes it still kind of catches you a little bit off guard. Um, probably one of the places that really freaks me out is, um, you know, 177 State Street in Portsmouth, which um, you know was a, a house of ill repute back in the day. It was uh, uh, yeah. most recently an Irish pub. It's got a a tunnel in the basement. And Molly Malone's. Yeah. Which is bacon again, by the way. I it, it is bacon again, unfortunately. Um, and it's, you know, it's one of those places where we strongly believe it's a portal because there's such a variety of spirits there. And I can't tell you how many times I've been down in the basement, the, you know, the light goes out down there. You can definitely sense that there's someone else in the room down there with you. And because there are so many different types of spirits in there, some nice and some not so nice, it really is kind of a, a scary place to be. And, you know, things around you move. You can hear things moving around, and it really does kind of freak you out when you're you're in a quiet space, when everybody's gone, it's after hours, and, you know, you know you're definitely not alone in there. And, you know, probably one of the, the other experiences is, you know, over in, in the cemetery, um, again, the same cemetery I was talking about here in Portsmouth that's so active. You know, when we go in there and we douse and we're with groups, I've had people in the groups literally run out of the cemetery because the dowsing is working and they ask, you know, some of the most bizarre questions and it works. And I've been in there, um, you know, alone and I get that tap on my shoulder and I got to, you know, look around and say, okay, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I know I'm not alone. Wow. So I, I know Molly Malone's because trust me, I've been in the ladies room there. Uh, you gotta be careful what kind of context you're putting that in there, Ron. Oh, oh, oh! oh. As I always mentioned, I've been in more ladies' rooms uh, since I started doing para. Well, actually, I, I've never been in one, but prior to it. But it seems like every I go into more ladies' rooms than men's rooms. But uh, yeah, that uh, definitely uh, was interesting because when I that was one of the stories is that when you went into the ladies' room, it would lock itself. And uh, in fact, I was there with you, Roxy. We you were broadcasting there. And uh, I went in the ladies' room, and I was standing in the ladies' room, and the stall, actually, I guess that's what you call it, right? That was stall, yeah, in, that yeah was in the stall. Proper terminology, I'm, I'm not quite sure how that is. <laughs> but uh, sure enough, uh, click, it just did it itself. And it was like one of those slide bolts. It wasn't like, you know, a, a thing that slid down, turned, or anything. It, it had to be slid. So mm -hmm. uh, it was pretty cool. Um, so, Andrew, uh, what's the most harrowing thing that ever happened to you, young man? Well, first of all, I'm, I'm listening to you guys, and it, I just don't want to... You guys are right. There are an awful lot of haunted ladies' rooms, aren't there? Isn't, <laughs> it, isn't the one in the Johnstone Inn also uh, ladies' room? It is. Just, it and is. Also, I've been also, there. The ladies' room at the Tavern on Main in Chapatra, Rhode Island, has a little boy that uh, is, is seen in there. Yep, really? in there, too. Yeah, that's, that's, that's funny. Haunted ladies' rooms. Maybe, maybe there's a book there. There's yep, got 
Teddy Bones Tavern in Simsbury, Connecticut, ladies' uh, room as well. Uh, yeah, I've never been there, but that's right. I've, I've read that, too. Well, that's funny. I think we got a book going here, guys. Yeah, we should Ed get together after Ed the show. Rosario's in Methuen is also uh, haunted. Well, it used to be. Yeah, that's a new tour for me. What do you think? Yeah, the Haunted Powder Room Tour. There you yeah, go. They, <laughs> you think? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you know what will work out good, because you not only get the paranormal, uh, uh, paranormal enthusiasts, you also get the perverts, so it'll be perfect. Yeah, 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 guys in trench coats coming yeah, along. Yeah. So anyways, uh, Andrew, uh, what is the, probably the most harrowing thing that ever happened to you? You know, it's been very, very few times that I've been spooked out on an investigation. I know in Moosett Valley, Rhode Island, which is in the uh, a hamlet. That name would scare me alone. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's right in the bottom uh, um, uh, southwest corner of uh, the town of Foster. Uh, I was out there looking for the Grange Hall ghost that haunts the road out there. And one of the only times that I can recall that I absolutely had an anxiety attack. Uh, and later when viewing my uh, video, I found an anomaly on the video that everybody that's looked at it is like, wow, that is, that is weird. And I've caught things, uh, audio recordings. Uh, just recently took a young ghost hunter out there and we caught a uh, Class A EVP. Uh, responding to a, uh, something he was saying. But it's uh, the only other place that I've gotten really um, spooked and uptight was this place I just got done telling you about uh, last Thursday uh, amongst these, uh, these airplane wrecks. I, I was, uh, you know, felt rather uncomfortable. But besides that, I found ghost hunting just too fascinating to be that alarmed. You know, I've had a washboard at the Tavern on Main was thrown at me and hit me off the left shoulder and the side of the head. Uh, fortunately, I didn't get uh, you know seriously injured by it, but it was uh, it was a little unnerving, you know, when an object that heavy leaves a shelf, goes about a foot and a half through the air and hits you. So, but isn't, um, isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah, but I, I guess in that spot in the tavern, things have been picked up and thrown before. Uh, so I, uh, I guess I'm not the first person to have experienced it. It's just I wish he had thrown a, a lighter object at me. Uh, if it's the same ghost, because there's several ghosts in that building, uh, uh, a skeptic who was mouthing off in the bar in front of witnesses, I've talked to two of them, uh, saw the TV above the bar lift, lift up off the shelf behind the guy and missed him, bounced off the backside of the bar and hit the floor. The guy has never been back. But speaking for myself, I, I have not had many moments where I've been like, you know, this is too spooky, I'm out of here. Uh, I've, I've had far too much fun and, and fascination on, on my investigations. Yeah, absolutely. If anybody does have an experience they want to share with us, uh, they can call 877-864-4869, 877-864-4869, or uh, you can put the question into the uh, TojiNet chat room or the Parax chat room. We'll be happy to uh, share it with our audience. But, uh, yeah, there's, there's been a lot of neat stuff. Uh, probably, you know, you talk about, you were saying skeptics and, and how they make great witnesses and everything. Uh, we actually did a ghost hunt at the uh, manse in Concord, Massachusetts. Now, that's the home of Hawthorne and Emerson. It's a historic, uh, very historic building, super historic building. But anyways, uh, we were in the bookstore, and it was like uh, 30 people seated. Seated? Seated? Seated. That would work. There you go. And, and then one of the persons, it's, it's a bookstore, and uh, one of the, the persons who worked there came out, and she was telling of some of her paranormal experiences there, and and how the, the ghost would sometimes knock the books off the shelves and stuff like that. So when she was done, and I, I get up and I started to talk about what we're going to do at night, 
And then all of a sudden, one of the books uh, from behind me, it was in one of those um, wire things, right? Not just sitting on a shelf. It was in one of those wire things that holds the book up. Mm-hmm. It went flying off the thing just by me on the floor in front of everyone. So everyone saw that. So to me, that is, you know, great proof of, uh, you know, paranormal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, fortunately, I had five women off to my right saw the thing come off the shelf, uh, uh, the washboard, when it hit me. So, uh, you know, it just didn't leave me standing there scratching my head. I looked over and saw five women with their jaws hanging down Wait, going, oh, my God. Those something with five women? Yeah, five women were there when it went and saw it. So, I, you know, I, I got to go ghost hunting with you more often. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the babes do follow, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know what's funny, Rocky, is, is uh, you know we've done some things with uh, with you. Uh, yeah, I know with uh, Portsmouth Lighthouse, and I know with Molly Malone's. But uh, also with Andrew, and I believe Andrew, you went with us on our famous uh, Pugwucky expedition. Oh, that yeah, talk about. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, that that uh, if, I think if I had gone through the woods with you guys instead of going with Christopher Balzano in my jeep, I yeah. probably could say. That would have been the most harrowing moment because you guys actually got attacked by something out in the woods uh, yeah. and store it with the FLIR imager. Correct. Correct. Yeah. I mean, but you did witness something anyways at, at the, uh, the yeah. pond there or lake, whatever it was. And, right? and, talking, and talking about orbs, we still don't know what the heck that little point of light was that came up behind uh, Chris when you guys were calling Maureen back. I mean, it lasted for 13 seconds, disappeared, and I could find nothing. Nothing to explain that point of light, and the puck well, wudgies, the puck wudgies do sometimes show themselves as orbs of light. Why don't you set this up? Because we're just talking, and people are not quite understanding what's going on. So why don't you give us a little flair of what, what's yeah, happening? Yeah, um, yeah. I went uh, with Christopher Balzano out to the Freetown State Forest um, to help with his book, uh, Picture Yourself Ghost Hunting. I was the guy who shot the video and edited it for him, and. Um, uh, the, the point of going out there was to uh, meet up with England Ghost Project to get um, uh, the opinions and, and, and ideas of uh, how to hunt ghosts in an open area, or cryptic creatures in this case, uh, in, in an environment like the Freetown State Forest. And when we were done uh, shooting you guys on uh, you know, interviewing you, uh, and you did a great job, by the way. It's, uh, if anybody buys Chris's you'll see Ron and his team uh, uh, on that CD. And... Um, you guys had a great idea uh, under a full moon to walk through the Freetown Forest via deer trails trying to taunt any of the negative activity, whether it be pugwudgies or, or whatever, uh, while walking to the assistant ledge. Christopher Balzano and I looked at each other like, yeah, like I'm going to sign up for that. I don't care. I do have a GPS or walkie-talkies. We're taking Andrew's Jeep up to the ledge and waiting for you guys up there. Well, I can remember trying to get in touch with you guys via the walkie-talkies and the two of us getting rather alarmed because that's when you guys were getting attacked by this thing out in the forest and the radios were cutting in and out. And it was like a bad you know, horror movie. We were only catching bits and snatches of what was going on. And uh, then we lost contact with you guys altogether. And, and thank God, you know, we did finally find you guys. You did make your way to the ledge using the GPS unit. But this tale um, uh, of you guys stopping in the forest because you had a vibe, Maureen felt something. Thermal Dan, your firefighter uh, member of your um, your team, fired up that 
that very expensive uh, FLIR imager that nothing could hide from, uh, and you guys ended up seeing a distortion slowly but surely grow in the forest come at you, Maureen was then to the ground, and uh, once she was able to overcome it, you guys looked for the distortion, and it was gone. However, later that night, you, Maureen, myself, and uh, another lady in your team, I don't recall her name, uh, we took the bulk of the equipment in my Jeep and drove back to the parking lot in uh, the Freetown State Forest while Chris, Dan, and the rest of your team walked back to the parking lot. And they still had the FLIR imager. And they were roughly kind of sort of in the same area where you guys saw that object with the FLIR imager. And just for the heck of it, they fired up the FLIR imager. And son of a gun, there the thing was, hovering in the woods. And Chris Belzano said... He got a good enough look at it for it to leave him with all kinds of questions. The only funny thing was is it spooked your guys so bad they the Scooby-Doo and, and just ran up the road, leaving Chris all alone in the dark without any kind of flashlight or anything. Chris was like, uh, you know, gee, thanks, guys. This <laughs> is chasing after uh, the rest of your team. But, I mean, the fact that you saw it once, well, somebody could say, you know, maybe it was, you know, a helium balloon that floated down into the woods and, captured some heat of the day. Flare imager was being fooled by this half-filled balloon bouncing around the woods or some, something like that. But to see it grow, and then two hours later to see it again in big, roughly the same area of the forest, that tells me that you guys definitely ran into something out there that was not friendly and probably not even human. It was interesting, let's put it that way. Yeah. And, uh, Roxy, I, I know that... I, I have you, you have mentioned that people have been, uh, I guess, afraid to go in certain locations when you do your tours. Um, how does that affect you? I mean, it, it, when you see that, what other people have that effect, uh, does that give credence to what you're, you're, you're telling them or, uh, or what? Um, usually it does. It depends on, you know, the, the circumstances of the person, I, I think I'm always interested, and we had it happen, um, you know, last Halloween where these people were, you know, really skeptical, and, you know, they, they came out for the Halloween tour to have fun, but when they realized that, you know, they were actually making contact with one of, you know, the very active ghosts in the cemetery, they were like, okay, I'm totally done, you know, I can see this is working, you know, I want to go now. You know, for me, it's definitely, you know, it's reassuring, yep, that I know that there's something there. But, you know, to see how, how really scared that they get, you know, they're all brave when they first start out that there's nothing there. It's a, it's a funny turnaround to see it happen. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> but anyways, uh, you know, I guess Balzano has been scared by, uh, enough by Massachusetts, uh, so he moved to Florida where it's, <laughs> nothing's happening down here but old people, so... We've all been leaving for a number of years. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if he's waiting for him to, to pass away or what, but, uh, yeah, that's not the place to go for ghost hunting. Well, I think he went there for uh, the warmth and the family. <laughs> oh, well, the, yeah. wife made, the wife made him do it, in other words. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we all, we all miss Chris. Uh, we're talking oh, about we do. And I know he misses us every time I... I either talk to him on the phone or, um, you know, via email. He, he said that uh, he, he misses good old New England. It's, it's, you know, that's, that's the place to be. Yeah. So, anyway, 
Uh, anything else you guys want to bring up here uh, before? I know we're running out of time here, so uh, I'm going to give. Yeah, just I'd like to remind everybody to uh, check out um, the uh, TV show that I do with Jeff uh, Belanger. Oh, thirty uh, odd minutes. Th- yeah, thirty odd minutes. You can go to thirtyoddminutes.com and check us out. It's a uh, half-hour uh, chat show about the paranormal. Uh, we'd like to have a, a lot of fun uh, working with people like Matt Moniz uh, from Spooky South Coast. And uh, we have a, a good time with it. We have some uh, great guests via Skype. Yeah, I, I, I know you had some of the top names. I know, I know that, uh, for instance, Richard Felix was on it. <laughs> yep, yeah, and, and we had you on with that fantastic photograph of yours of the Christmas present. Yeah, that was pretty cool, actually. And uh, you, you, you touch all kinds of top. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it's. It's all, all different types of topics, really. If it's uh, odd, we cover it. Right, from psychics to ghosts to UFOs. Uh, uh, out-of-body experiences, crop circles, cryptids, you name it. If it's weird, we cover it. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> and, Roxy, what's happening with you? I know, we, like I said, we're almost out of uh, time here, so I just wanted to touch base with you. Uh, well, I just got back from uh, Providence. Rhode Island, and we were down there um, shooting some pictures, crawling through the cemeteries down there. If you're interested in, um, you know, what I've been up to lately, you can uh, find uh, New England Curiosities on Facebook. We have a great Facebook page with uh, loads and loads of pictures. I just uploaded um, a bunch of pictures from Providence. So, um, how, how come we're not friends on uh, Facebook, Roxy? We, we are friends on Facebook. You're just not a fan of my New England Curiosities page. Oh, you know what? I don't understand that fan stuff. What is that fan stuff? It's so you can receive the feed from my group page. Oh, so, <laughs> I don't know. I, I get you know. I have like I probably got like sixty, eighty. I don't know how many fan page requests in my uh, thing there, and I keep looking at them and say, "What is this?" I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I just I, I suppose I should click on some of those. And actually, I should do my own fan page. I assume. Yeah, that'd probably be one of the ones you'd want to do. Yeah, uh, but anyways, uh, Roxy, do you have a uh, newsletter that people can uh, sign up for? Yep, I have a, a monthly newsletter. It goes out. It's um, all, all different stories, a lot of uh, historical ghost stories as well as current ghost stories that I've investigated and um, been working on. So um, you can go right directly to my website. It's newenglandcuriosities.com, and um, there's a sign-up on almost every page. It's spam-free, and uh it's some really cool stuff. There's lots of great stories in our backyard here, so I'm always looking for them every month. And, Ron, if I could just throw in, and if anybody would like to check out what I uh, do, it's greenvilleparanormal.com. Right. And, uh, what happened to TK? Oh, no, no. Jeff Belanger kicked me in the butt. He said, what are you doing? Get a .com. I thought so, too. But, uh, so, anyways, uh, I, I, I hope you have the proper link on our site. Uh, both oh, yes. But- both of these uh, websites are linked on my link page at anyghostproject.com, the New England Ghost Project website, which is anyghostproject.com. And, of course, uh, if you haven't got it yet, you've got to get Ghost Chronicles. Uh, it's an interesting book. We're getting a lot of interesting feedback on it. Some people give us a lot of crap, but, hey, that. Uh, so, anyway, Roxy, you, uh, you also have books. I, I, I did not mention those. I do. Um, you can find them, of course, all on Amazon. You can also find them on uh, my website. As I said, the, the most recent is Haunted Cemeteries of New England. It's got over 250 pictures that I've personally taken of cemeteries all over New England, um, from you know backyards to farm fields 
And um, you can find Haunted Portsmouth, Haunted Portland, and the Haunted Pubs in New England. They've been out there since 2007, um, you know, local bestsellers anywhere you go here. Uh, in New of Hampshire, course, I'm in it. That's why. Of course you are. <laughs> Keep but it anyway. on the number one list. <laughs> well, guys, I want to thank you so much. It was an interesting evening. We had a, a lot of, uh, I don't know, kind of interesting discussions uh, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, so uh, if you're, don't forget to tune in to Ghost Chronicles International next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time. And join us back here uh, when Maureen will be back, I hope, uh, for Ghost Chronicles Live next Wednesday at 8 p.m. So. All right, guys. Uh, Thanks so bye. much, Ron. It was great being on. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks. Best wishes, everybody. Yeah, bye-bye now. Bye. Take care. Well, folks, that's the end of the show. And, and once again, uh, remember that uh, we have the ghost hunt, which is on February 20th at the Vault in Salem, Massachusetts. You get your tickets at the uh, Circles of Wisdom. Uh, they're also having their psychic fair this weekend on Saturday. Uh, you can get uh, readings at a really, really reasonable price. And the ghost stuff is going to be kind of neat because uh, it was an old bank vault. There's some cool stuff. We're going to be doing EVP stuff and uh, that type of thing. Uh, it's, we're going to be locked in a vault and do that. Kind of neat. And also uh, some psychometry, and we'll be doing other experiences as well, including scrying. So, uh, Till next week, good night, and God bless everyone. Goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that will bump in the night.